0: Welcome to Ruined for Life with Joel and Jonathan. In this episode, Joel talks about the time he tried to sneak a hand grenade behind airport security. This and other great air travel information starts now. Hey everyone, I'm Jonathan.
1: I'm Joel. And we're talking about things that have ruined us for life. Yes, you know those things that once you kind of see a little bit behind the curtain, uh, you realize, oh wait, it's not what I thought it was, and you never see them the same way again. Kind of like that time that I saw Mickey with his head off behind the decapitated curtain. Mickey. He had his head off and he was smoking a cigarette. Oh, at Disney a man World. with his okay, so disturbing. <laughs> Ruined you for life. Ruined for life. I realized <laughs> yes. Mickey, there was Is a somebody person. under there. Yeah, he was, and he's and he has a cigarette problem.
0: So <laughs> has a problem. cigarette problem. Well, hey, so a lot of people know about you that you travel quite a bit. You are. A very proficient traveler, um, but you also used to work at an airline.
1: I did. That was actually my first job. Where, really, w- my first job. Yeah, yeah. No other jobs before that. Yeah. Was is that? in their command about that. I should have no other jobs before me. That's but, good. That's real good. Yeah. Um, <laughs> no. So yeah, I had a couple other jobs, you were, but, but you did they this in like, in like college. They in they college, part, say first
0: full time. First full time job. That's There's a good. That's a good way to yeah. put it. But yeah, so you worked uh, for an airline and. I used to always be fascinated by the things you would tell me about working for an airline. Uh, For instance, I think one of the most interesting things that I learned was that sometimes when people call out names over the loudspeaker, it has nothing to do with the actual name. Tell me about that.
1: Oh, you're referring to the secret codes we use. There were secret codes that yeah, the airport yeah, yeah. used to
0: say things to each other so that passengers yeah, so, wouldn't know.
1: You know, this is years ago, so it's, it may have changed now, right? Hopefully, because you might get in trouble otherwise. Right. But I think, well, I know for sure this one's still the case. So at the airport I worked at, there were three different calls. So there was a gardener. That means we have somebody causing a problem down at the gates or at the counter. So if you would hear a gardener to the ticket counter, it meant... You, like security is going to come up and they're going to get there, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, so the police would be walking around, you know, airport airport police, and they're always bored looking for something to do. So you could A Gardener and they'd come running, right? E Gardener was a medical emergency. Mm-hmm. Uh, no, excuse me. Sorry, change that. O Gardener, for we always remember O for oxygen. O was a medical emergency. If, some, if somebody like passed out, you would call O Gardener and then you dial 911. Uh, and then there's E Gardener. So I remember one particular time, E gardener's like the cops better come guns a blazing because it's not good. Yeah. So I remember one time, um, <laughs> the, the conveyor belt behind us, you know, where you you tag the bag and they put on because you're working belt. at the ticket counter. Yeah, and it disappears the bag. Mm-hmm. It lit on fire, <laughs> and um, I was actually working downstairs in baggage, and so I was you know I was downstairs and I heard somebody I heard E hey, gardener to the ticket counter and then I heard E gardener to the ticket counter. I'm like. What in the world is going on? Well, up you never there? explained what e Gardner was. e Gardner is just like, it's a major emergency. It's just like, an emergency. You better get here so quick. E emergency. Yeah. So it's like that makes sense. cops come like ready to do what needs to be done and, and maybe so so and then I heard like and then I heard somebody call on the radio There's a fire on the ticket counter supervisor. And I'm like, not over the loudspeaker. On the no, radio. this was on the radio, okay. but I would heard our e already. I was like, what in the world is going on? And I'm downstairs minding my own business working in baggage claim. And then all of a sudden, after like the third call, I'm like Okay, forget it. So I grabbed a fire extinguisher. I didn't know what I was getting into. I ran upstairs with the fire extinguisher as fast as I can. There's, there's a fire, sure enough. <laughs> so I sprayed it out, and everybody's kind of standing around like, Ugh. I'm like, what? Like the, nobody showed up, and I actually think I got a letter of thanks from the airport for basically saving the entire airport. You basically saved thousands of lives. I saved thousands of lives, yeah. <laughs> but All uh, because
0: of one man named E. Gardner.
1: But the way I knew was because I heard the
0: Gardner call. That's fascinating. Yeah. So I just think it's crazy to think that the names that people are calling over over the loudspeaker are not always names. They're actually like things
1: that are happening. They're code words. You should hear the names the airline agents call you when you walk away. <laughs> <laughs> D bag to the counter, please. D bag? <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> You think what you hear overhead is bad. <laughs> Man, uh,
0: what a horrible name that guy yeah, has. Yeah, <laughs> so
1: that's the security. There's all sorts of stuff at the airport. You just don't even realize elements of it. Like back in the day when I worked there, um, the airlines actually paid for the security checkpoint. So now, This was before the Transportation G- right. Security Administration. So after 9-11, I worked at the airport on 9-11s, the three eeriest days of my life because there was nobody at the airport, but I had to go to work. Um, so we just sat there. What did you guys
0: do during that? Like you literally on my just, guitar just sat there?
1: and sang. Really? Like that? Like yeah, you just I, do whatever I, you want to do? I sat on that, I'll never forget sitting on that conveyor belt that lit on fire. And, uh, <laughs> was this pre-fire or post-fire? I think it was pre. Hopefully. Yeah, I think it was pre. So, uh, yes, it was weird, but we used to be in charge of security. So we would actually have to, I'll never forget the day my supervisor called me in and said, Hey, um, I need you to take this hand grenade in your coffee cup through security. <laughs> so, uh... <laughs> <laughs> the goal was for me to get caught but we the goal stu- was to
0: check to check to see if the security was doing a good job yeah of catching so we guys. actually had to
1: we had to quality control it now right now that it's the government <laughs> supposedly it's quality controlled you know the government quality controls but um when the government took it over, we we didn't do this, but back in the day we had to do it, and so I had to sneak through. I took a coffee cup through, and I tried to sneak it through on the side of the metal detector. This was also before the full battery. So it was when scan. they had
0: like the change trays that you could just put yeah, your change yeah, on so there. Yeah, I stuck my
1: coffee cup there, and you know I'm a, an employee, so it would have been likely that they would have let it go. Yeah, but they're like, sorry, sir, we gotta put your put your. A uh, coffee cup.
0: So I'm curious thing. how this went down, though, because you. I remember you telling me the story, and I, I imagined
1: that there was like coffee in the cup, or that like no, like, no, it, it was didn't have was coffee. it just like a white styrofoam cup with no, no, right. it was a, it was like one of these, um, you know, these kind you take in the car with you, like a travel mug, travel mug. Okay, yep. yep they caught and so me. So you closed it with a grenade inside. Yep. Now was this a real grenade or no, like no, a plastic no, so grenade? You no. Know, so it or? out. Haul it out. It was a. I mean, it would. I guess it would have been a real grenade, but so it was, so all it was like a out.
0: previously real grenade without yep. its like activity in it. Whatever. So. Yep did so, you get, did so you, then, what happened?
1: Well, as soon as they saw it, they, they told me, as soon as you see them do it, you run. You had to run? No, I'm just kidding. I didn't <laughs> <have to run. laughs> oh my gosh, As a
0: passenger seeing some guy running. <gasps> um, Man, imagine if this was nowadays, if this still oh happened, my gosh. dude, it would be chaos. I
1: probably got a shot on the spot. But, oh my um, gosh. So they, they caught me and I, had, I took a radio with me. So then I called and I said, hey, uh, hey they security, me. Test, <laughs> security test done. And then they came down and they're like, security test complete
0: so if you would have known about this as a terrorist at that time you could have totally just been like oh security test
1: done and they might have let you go or did they verify you have, i mean you gotta be an employee okay. and they knew who we were i mean we all everybody at that airport kind of knows who everybody else is so they need to look for
0: things like that they were on yeah they were vigilant
1: yeah yeah it's uh the the scary part is when people sneak um dogs through that have bombs in them you know what those are called right yeah uh terrorists exactly
0: Anyway, oh. speaking of
1: dogs, that was another interesting thing we had a lot is these uh, emotional support animals. Which there's a lot in the news now about these emo- how people are abusing this emotional support animal system. That would be horrible abusing an animal. It's a, it's horrible, and they're supposed to be emotionally support animals, but they're abusing them. They're, they're abusing the right to take them on planes, right? Oh, so, okay. Oh, oh, okay. I I missed
0: that. Um, no, I, I remember. Th- I was I was I actually got upgraded to first class one one flight which was awesome and i sat next to down down next to this guy and he gave me this like smug look like a jerk look like he's like oh what are you doing but then in the middle of the flight like this dog comes crawling out of his bag and i guess he didn't tell the flight attendants that he had like an animal so they were like uh sir you should have reported that like you're not supposed to have an animal but I, I don't know. I thought that was interesting. But I don't know if he abused it or not. It seemed like um, well, like a so nice dog.
1: There's certain rules for animals on plane. Every airline's different. When I worked for Southwest, they said no animals whatsoever, which I didn't understand why. What about um, what about party animals? Part the Vegas flights had all of all them. the party animals. Yes. So all no animals except for Vegas flights. S- speaking of that, <laughs> I'll never forget the time. <laughs> Since we're talking about Vegas flights, there was this, the, the fl- uh, last flight that always came in at night when I worked there and I worked the closing shift was a flight from Vegas. Mm-hmm. And every time that flight came in, there was something bizarre that happened. Yeah. The most bizarre though, was when they called in and they said, Hey, we got a dead guy on the flight. And I was, and I was like, this is going to be good. A dead fellow. I, a dead guy. Yeah. So we got to the, they pulled up and, um, I learned this. Did you know you can't declare anybody dead in the air? So if no. somebody ever dies... On I've never, you, never tried, so I, I can't test that. Theory. Yeah, I mean, so if somebody ever dies, you just have to kind of throw a sheet over them. And, uh, and then once they get there, a doctor has to declare them dead in the jetway. In the jetway, yeah. so outside of the plane. Yeah, yes. So what was crazy about this was... So if you die,
0: that means that you die in the place that you land. You can't die, like, over Arizona on your
1: way between. I guess not, yeah. Interesting. So it's kind of a, you know, if you if you want to die over Arizona, you just better get there. You just you just go on Take your a flight to Phoenix.
0: Interestingly enough, we're getting way off topic here, but I saw this tweet the, the other day that I thought was fantastic. It said, the reason you should care about what you wear every day is that if you die, that's what your ghost will wear for, for eternity. So I really hope that I die on a Sunday after church because I want to look good.
1: That's a deep thought.
0: I imagine uh, someone, someone commented, what if you died with flip-flops on and you're haunting someone and you just hear this flopping sound?
1: What if you died I think That'd be naked. terrifying.
0: I know. That's what. Some of you died in the shower. That's what. That's what you got going on. You'd be naked for eternity.
1: A naked ghost. That's a cool band name. Naked, naked for, for eternity. eternity. That is a good band name. Back to so the airport. Arcana. Are we are we
0: going back to Vegas
1: first? Or are we going no, so to the what support happens. animals? This is what was weird about it. So the guy died. Okay. in the in the jet jetway, and I'm we're thinking, like layers upon layers off from our
0: main topic here. But we're talking
1: about the air, the well, the underworld we, we were of starting, air travel.
0: We were starting with um support animals, and then we went to dead people.
1: Yeah, support animals. That's a touchy to- well, topic. Well, we'll go though. to dead people. We'll finish think dead think people, and then we'll support go back animals because people get really touchy about their pets. Okay. Like your stupid dog. I'm just kidding. You're stupid, (laughs) dog. So this guy (laughs) dies in the jetway, and I'm thinking his son's going to... Like, whoever's with him is going to be having a conniption. The guy's super calm. He's like, man, this is so great. He's like, his last wish before he died was to go to Vegas. So he died a happy man. (laughs) (laughs) We were like, okay. Was he an old gentleman? Yeah, he was older. Oh, okay. He was an older guy. So, you know, old people die. Yeah.
0: so Anyways. Back, back to support animals though. What are the rules though? Because I remember you were saying that's what we got on party animals, and you were saying Southwest wouldn't allow any animals whenever you worked there.
1: Yeah. So support animals, you know, they really have to like be a, a necessary. So there's you know there's like seeing eye dogs, legit, right? Seeing eye but dogs then there's 100%. other people who are like, I can't fly comfortably without knowing that my pet is in my arms. So then they get a doctor prescribe them a mm-hmm. note, and that's what started getting abused. Yeah. So people are bringing on like emotional support monkeys and emotional support aardvarks and Man, stuff. emotional support monkeys that feels like a like a oxymoron
0: like, yeah i feel a, like a, a monkey was stress me out stress and you anxiety. particularly
1: with your we'll have I've, to do a topic on you and your experiences with monkeys yes
0: they're vicious horrible creatures but we'll get we'll get to that some other time but i, I remember you telling me one time that there was a gentleman who had a parakeet as a support yeah, animal
1: yeah he had some sort of thing where he could not fall asleep he should not fall asleep on the plane it was bad for his something rather life so if he started i guess so if he started to fall asleep this parrot parakeet was trained to peck him peck him in the forehead or the temple temple yeah yeah that so was legit i yeah i mean
0: obviously well you have you know you have vet- veterans who uh often will because of ptsd dogs will help them cope with that like as an emotional support animal, yeah, like, i totally don't. see that so there's definitely reason that emotional support animals would be valuable i love my dog millie I don't think she would give anyone emotional support. She can't sit still, and she pees a lot.
1: But if you could get a doctor to write a prescription for it, you could. I suppose so. That's why why the airlines are cracking down on it. It's just, you know, one person ruins it for everybody typically.
0: Yeah. Are they cracking down on emotional support animals, and are they emotional
1: support animaling down on crack? Uh, I guess that's a good question. I don't know. I don't know. But uh, That's a real good question. Yeah, I, in fact, the question I have is, what does that even mean? <laughs> I just wanted to somehow make a joke about crack, and okay, I was working my yeah. way through there. So that was our interesting, uh, that was, it's interesting what happens at the airport. And it's funny, because people get so overwhelmed at airports. Mm-hmm. So, like, you have really smart people come into the airport, and it's like, they get overwhelmed by what's happening. And so they'll walk up to me, and what the funniest thing that would always happen to me is I'd have this arrivals thing right next to me, a big arrival screen right next to me. And I'd be sitting right next to it. And people would walk in and be like, What times does a flight from Vegas come in? And I'd look at the screen and I'd point and they're like, Well, what's that supposed to mean? I'm like, You see the time next to the Vegas? That's what time it's supposed to arrive. And they're like, We well, didn't have to be so rude about it. I'm like, <laughs> uh, I'm just trying to teach you, man. Like, you know how to do this. But people, hey, of course, now I think with phones and stuff, it's changed everything too. That's what's nice.
0: Yeah, but there's nothing like yelling at someone to make you feel like you're accomplishing something in an airline airport. Um, until
1: I call a gardener on your tail. You
0: no, I remember <laughs> I was on the way to um, I was on the on the way to India, and the first day, a national weather system had flown, had had come through the whole whole nation basically. So like, I couldn't get out and meet up with my group in Dallas. So I was stuck in San Antonio. And then so I had to to leave and then come back the next day. The next day, there was a fire in the control tower in Chicago. And so everything going to Chicago was delayed like Uh. to who knows when. Like they they had like they had no idea when we were gonna leave and stuff. So I remember there was this lady yelling that she had to get to Wisconsin. She's like, I have to get to Wisconsin because I have a rental car. And just yelling and yelling and yelling. Meanwhile, the people like I was sitting with this guy going to Iraq and this girl going to India with me, and we were like, "Do they have rental he, cars?" They, I don't know what they have. Apparently not. No, one guy was going to uh, to to Basra in in Iraq. Like he was a former Iraqi general, which I thought was interesting, anyways. And we talked about that. But he like we had like we were going internationally, like trying to do these things that were like high level stuff, and this grandmother was just yelling at the agent that she couldn't get to wisconsin in time
1: she had a rental car in wisconsin and
0: i just think it's fascinating that like you never know what other people are doing in the airport like
1: you this is very true what and what's in what's you know so like when delays happen and stuff you start to see all sorts of stuff man because people freak out i mean like reminds me of that scene in home alone where she's like i have a child at home like <laughs> why did you leave your child at home alone uh but you see all sorts of stuff, and so it's hard. So I'll be honest: like speaking on behalf of an airline agent, it's hard to get a lot of compassion for people because, first of all, you see so many people. Second of all, everybody's delayed on the plane, and I know it stinks, but like, you know, I I do not know how to fix our airplane. I do not know how to control the weather. You so, literally, you just work there, man. Yeah. So, it's, <laughs> but it's hard to like. So what happens is you just kind of get this like rote thing going, and that's why sometimes I think people feel so un. And I'm, I mean, I've been there myself. And what I've learned as having been an agent is that most agents, there's a little insider tip for you here. We, this isn't an advice, Joe, but here's a little insider tip for you. Most agents, they're just going to do kind of what's like the minimum necessary to get you out of their face. I'd say most people in any job. That's true. That's true. That. So what'll happen is they'll be like, sorry, there's no more flights to Houston. And then you're like, well, what if you got me to somewhere close to Houston? Like, is there a flight? Or what What about Houston Intercontinental? Uh, so I've had that. I had that just the other day. I, I got stuck coming home from Israel in New York and they're like, we can't get you to San Antonio for three days because of the blizzard. I'm like, what? I was like, what about Austin? And I'd already looked up and I knew there was an option for Austin. They're like, no option for Austin. I'm like, actually, I know there's an option for Austin. And I showed it to her and she's like, oh, okay, we can get you on that one. So, you know, Austin's an hour from San Antonio. I flew to Austin, got a rental car, got home much better than what they were saying. Oh, yeah. Just go find a hotel for the next three days.
0: No, I remember one time I was coming back from Argentina with my wife, and we were supposed to go to San Antonio. You were driving from Corpus Christi to San Antonio to pick us up, because that was a cheaper flight. And I knew that there was a flight to Corpus Christi that was leaving, and but everything to San Antonio was delayed, like indefinitely and there were massive amounts of people so I talked to him I'm like hey this would actually be beneficial for you to get me out of the way that's one less person that's going to be angry like if you just send me to corpse that's right like, no we can't do that and I called you and you're like hey and you gave me that that exact advice and so I just went to like three different people and just kept trying kept trying kept trying and then finally it happened and it was amazing like it, it saved us probably like three hours of driving time and all sorts of headache
1: yeah it's amazing what you can negotiate with these guys but the challenge is they're people man so and they've already you got to remember if a flight's canceled they've already seen 100 people with your same story. Mm-hmm. So One just- thing
0: though interestingly enough Southwest I've because I've tried this at a lot of different airlines like I I usually feel like I can get anything done like anywhere with any company. But airlines are always the hardest for me. But Southwest somehow always is able to accommodate me. So they have a
1: lot more flights than most airlines.
0: Yeah, but I mean they're also willing to like one. T- one day we were doing a day trip to New Orleans, literally just for the day, flying up to eat food all day, and then flying back that evening. Our flight was delayed. It's like first world problem. I know, I know. But I told the lady. I told. I'm not I told gonna the- I'm to get home
1: from my bed after I had my beignets. After I
0: had my beignets. No. So I I told the the, the uh, customer service agent what we were doing, and she's like, oh, okay, well we'll get you there. Like she was was really accommodating once i told her what we were doing what the what the goal was but man like a lot of other airlines have had rough times trying to get anything done
1: well and okay so the advantage with that is to there's a lot of frequency between those cities but like big international flights for example when i go to peru on my annual trip to the inca trail I know that if I don't make that one flight to Lima, I'm not getting on until the next day. Let's just day.
0: revisit that annual trip to the Inca Trail. I do,
1: right? So here's my, here's my point, though. <laughs> so if I know I have to get, and this is what I tell people all the time, if you know you have to be somewhere and you just cannot afford to not be there, you better go 24 hours early. Yeah. And I've had that before where I just walk up and they're just like, sorry, canceled the flight, go tomorrow. And you're like, what? So
0: that's one question because sometimes it seems like they'll cancel a flight. Sometimes it seems like they'll like, just do whatever to get the flight off the ground like what's? give me some insight into can't flight
1: cancellations it's very tricky uh
0: what are some of the criteria that they choose yeah so
1: here's the thing so like when i worked for southwest we had this 10 o'clock flight to dallas all the time and there was like three people on it every night san antonio night. to dallas yeah san antonio yeah. dallas and i'm like why do we even bother with this flight there were and they three said, people on the flight. Th- if we were lucky, if you were lucky, that's, one time we had one guy on the plane, and they're like, they told him where he had to sit. And that's I'm like
0: three hundred dollars, right? Like, because like a flight from at a, that San time Antonia. it was
1: ninety eight dollars one way. So, yeah, so that's three hundred dollars that they're making from that. That's paying for flight attendants, for jet fuel, for that's not nuts. Making it. well, here's the thing though, this is what I found out about it. They made so much money flying air flying mail for the postal service and cargo that they could fly <laughs> that thing empty, and it didn't even matter. Which, when you calculate that stuff in, you start to realize why they do what they do with passengers sometimes. How they
0: shuffle people in and out. Yeah,
1: you know, what is it? Money is the answer. Now, what's the question? Uh-huh. Uh, you know, like because they're banking, man. I was talking to somebody the other day saying that there's this one flight that uh, uh, FedEx does that makes like sixteen million dollars in Holy one flight. Cow. And of course, FedEx didn't even take passengers. Yeah. So the money is in a lot of times the cargo, which is also why you'll see sometimes they'll cancel a flight, but then that you're like, it's full, but then other one they won't cancel. And then that makes sense why they actually charge for bags because that's space they can't use for cargo. You got it. Well, what happened is so here's an interesting arcana for you. Southwest I love Southwest arcana. opened the door for what's happening with current seat space by this. There What's happening lo- with current seat space? It just, just keeps getting smaller and smaller. Oh, like the actual so, size of the seats. Yeah. Okay. So so there was a lawsuit many years ago over what we call passengers of size, POSs. Passengers of size. That's what they call <laughs> them. I'm sorry, man. And they're people who can't fit in one seat, right? Yes. And so what happened is we used to have POSs. It says just say passengers of size. That's what we call them. I'm sorry, they were called POSs, passengers of size, pieces of size. Uh, better calling them something else, right? Uh, so they, if they had to take up two seats, Southwest was like, it's not fair to the person that's in the seat next to them. Yeah, we have to charge them, so we would charge them a child's fare. Well, they got sued over this, right? We well, would
0: charge you the regular fare plus a child's plus fare. A child's fare because you're yeah. basically
1: taking up a whole nother seat. Yes. We can't sell. We would have to if the flight was full and somebody couldn't actually fit in the seat because that person was fitting in two so seats, so large. Uh, we would we would have to like oversell the flight and now I've sat
0: between two POSs before and I didn't get to get
1: to a different seat. You needed to address those POSs. They weren't larger than pe- large people. They were just <laughs> <laughs> so that's well that's the hard part too. Is like what's what so is, what we yeah, established what as as over over was if you had to have a seatbelt extension. Mm. And I mean, th- this is a very awkward and uncomfortable thing because oh, we yeah. would see somebody coming in and everybody would like run away from the ticket counter because no- they knew somebody had to address it. Yeah. Because if they hadn't been told it on the so phone. So all your coworkers would like leave. And yeah, it was like, like oh, I got to like, go to the bathroom. And they'd be on it, I'm like the only like idiot standing out there like, they're like, Ugh. so I'd have to be like, excuse me, sir, for the comfort of you and everyone around you, um, we've asked that because of the space that you'll be taking in your seat that you purchase an extra seat to make it more comfortable for you. Uh-huh. And then some would be like, discrimination. And others are like, I get it. But what happened is one dude sued. Or a uh-huh. woman or something. Somebody sued. Someone sued. Always. And basically the lawsuit, it ultimately came down to su- Southwest one Because what Southwest, what any airline sells on a plane is square inches and feet. Uh-huh. That's what they're selling. Period.
0: That's like their product. It's not basically.
1: transportation. They're selling space yeah. on a train. So that all of a sudden when when they made that when he when uh, southwest won that lawsuit like the right to charge people they won the right to charge they won. People. i was like i saw it i was like this is going to be interesting because if that's really what they're selling on the plane then all so the, the
0: fact that the judges Determined that that's what they were selling was square inches or square feet. Then they realized, oh, this isn't transportation, we can do whatever we want. That's a total
1: game changer. So yeah. it's like, well, shoot, then if we're not, if comfort of our passengers isn't the big deal, we're selling space on a plane, then we need to charge premiums for space on a plane. <laughs> so what happened is they said, well, let's charge premium for a little more pitch. Pitch is what you call the space between the uh, the seats. Uh huh. Did you know that? Little well, I know, yaw i Can I do work. they use the term yaw? Yaw, yaw. That's a new one for me. No,
0: I think it, I don't know what it is. I just know that it's a term that's usually combined with pitch, pitch, yaw,
1: pitch and yaw, like d- YAW. Oh, maybe is yaw this? I think angle? I think yaw is like the angle or something. Okay, yeah. so that's what happened, and I think that's kind of what opened the door for. You know, For better or worse, that's kind of what opened the door for them to say, oh, well, then we should charge premiums for extra space because that's what they're getting.
0: It's interesting because I saw a um, a trademark filed or a – yeah, I think it was a trademark, whatever it's called, whenever it's like a, a patent. That's what it was, a patent filed by – I think it was Airbus for this new type of seating system where they were essentially stacked. Like there were two people on the ground, uh, on their chair, on their foldable chair that like barely – it was basically like bicycle seats was the seat that you would sit on. And then there was someone like a pyramid – Up and in the middle of two people on the same type of bicycle seat. And it was a patent they filed for this type of seating to maximize space on a plane. Oh my gosh. And that probably opened the door for that because if i ever if i ever have to fly on something like that i am never flying again like that is ridiculous well
1: i mean there's so there's still safety stuff involved right yeah like i talked to a guy the other day they said well, so i
0: guess this apply this this
1: met the safety standards i i have not verified this but this guy told me in russia you can buy a standing spot where you just hold on the rail in the middle of it sounds like, so russia i'm like <laughs> wow if that's real i've never verified it but i'm like if that's real like,
0: <laughs> russia, <but>. russian airlines <laughs> well hey before we leave uh I want you to tell me the coolest airline experience you've ever had. I, I don't think I've had any like uh, first class is my full coolest airline experience, but I feel like you'll have something really cool to share, like the maybe the coolest airline you've flown or something you thought was just like amazing because I think people are curious
1: about that. Like, what's a good airline to fly, or what's possible? Oh, man, you'd have because we
0: all we always hear the negative. Let's let's end. Up in a positive yeah, you'd note. have to
1: talk to my friend Anthony about what's the best airline. I Anthony, don't know. Dude, I mean, my best. Travels. I mean, I guess my best airline experience would probably be. You know when I've gotten upgraded on a transcontinental flight. Oh, I think one time was it was when Dad and I were were flying from the Philippines and uh, and I saw that they had canceled a flight. And as soon as they cancel a flight, you know that if you've got some space and time in your schedule, you can clean up on it because they're going to need your space so as soon as so I heard, they're saying because the next flight will be overbooked yeah yeah and so they're like we'll do whatever we can so to i went you up to the counter and i said ever. hey i heard you over you're canceled that flight and they're like yeah and i was like i'm willing to give up my seat and they said really and i was like here's my here's my terms so you already had what yeah. you wanted i said first of all i did the same thing we were supposed to fly to san antonio i said i need you to get us back to corpus and second of all i want to go back across the ocean it's like a 10-hour flight in first class with my dad mm-hmm. and um uh, Man, they didn't, they didn't even flinch. They're like, okay, we have to send you through Detroit or something. We were supposed to go through L.A., but didn't yeah, even flinch. Matter. And, uh, man, that made that very – Trans-Pacific flights are so long. That yeah. one was very pleasant. And it was with Dad, so it was super cool.
0: I, so I do actually have a great story uh, of a great experience I had, which is rare for me. But I actually overslept from my flight from L.A., and so I missed my flight. So I got up to the thing, and they they fortunately rebooked me, which was really cool. They rebooked me on an oversold flight, and so then they were looking for volunteers. I volunteered, and then they said, "Yeah, you're good. You're, you're good to go." Apparently, they failed to rebook me on the next flight. Uh, they said, "Because you missed your flight, we can't give you money, like the money that they usually give whenever they overbook." Yeah, me. Yeah, yeah, But I was like, "Yeah, I'll take the next one. It's a nonstop flight." They apparently didn't book me a seat on that one. So when I went up to there, they were so apologetic. They actually booked me for first class for a nonstop flight. That got into the at the same time that I would have gotten if I'd made my original flight. So somehow I missed my flight and got
1: there the same time and in first class, which was amazing. Wow, that is awesome! It it's amazing what tech can happen sometimes.
0: There's there there are good stories. There are good stories with airlines.
1: Well, there I'll tell you this, man. Once you've worked in the airline business or flown a lot, you start to kind of see that there's a lot of movement that goes on in air travel. Kinda, a lot of logistics. It can kind of ruin the the glitz and glamour of. It air travel for you because really when it all comes down to it is an airline is trying to make money and trying to pay their employees yeah (laughs) it's so well hey
0: guys thanks for listening to uh, our podcast hope you enjoyed it subscribe be a part of future podcasts that come your way